0: Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Now, I mentioned a few times that in May, I'm going up to Detroit to check out my Tigers in Comerica Park. And I can guarantee you that my sister and I will be using SeatGeek to get some prime seats for those games. SeatGeek is the only place... I ever go to look for tickets anymore, whether I'm going to a game or a concert. I got the app on my phone and I've been using it just kinda scout some things out, get get a good feel for it before I purchase my tickets for May. And honestly, what SeatGeek has done is they've taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all available tickets on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games and SeatGeek will let you know if the price falls. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. Now our listeners will get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your 20-buck rebate, though, all you got to do is go download the free SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code, enter promo code SLEEPER, S-L-E-E-P-E-R. SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SLEEPER. May 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Jason Collette. Coming to you at special on this Tuesday, making up for our Sunday episode. Jason, how's it going?
1: Lorenzo Kane has three home runs today. It's going well, unfortunately. My Drew is pitching that crap. And by the way, I was one of the 02 percent that had Lorenzo Kane in uh FanDuel tonight. That's, uh, unfortunately, that's the only good pick I made tonight.
0: That's the worst. When you do get a when you do get the three homer guy. And nothing else really comes around it. Uh, that's tough to deal with. But honestly, that's that's big for Lorenzo Kane, and it actually kind of took him uh, off this episode as, as someone to talk about because we're doing a buy low episode. This is something that we were talking a little bit about on G Chat. Just some of the, some of the guys that are really struggling. It's like there's no way all these guys can stay this bad. Now these are some big names that we're going to talk about that are really failing right now. And if you believe you have a chance to actually buy low. And by that, I mean that there will be a legitimate discount. You can go in and say, listen, I don't really care what you paid on opening day or on uh, in draft season. It is irrelevant at this point because of the performance that we've now seen for a month and almost a half, you know, it's been long enough that the value has changed on these guys. So, What I just need from you is uh, an assessment of if you're willing to do that. Are are you buying? Are you just staying away? Do you see a potential turnaround? And we're going to dive right in. Uh, We're going to start with Jason Hayward, one of the biggest offseason signings of the year. Goes to the Cubs uh, on, on his big deal. We know that it isn't just the offensive numbers that he puts up that earned Hayward the deal, but obviously the expectations were much higher than uh, what has amounted to a 576 OPS this far. Hayward's hitting just 211, has yet to go yard for his new club, 13 RBIs, 14 runs. Uh, He does have an over 100-point split between his average and OBP, so that helps uh, because he is walking the way he usually does, and four stolen bases, so there's there's some copper linings. I wouldn't necessarily say silver linings. But um, it's bleak right now, and we've seen some downturns from Hayward in the past, which I think has people even more worried. Where do you stand with Hayward a- a- after 28 games? Not
1: 100% healthy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wrist issue, something. He's been fighting, some, uh, fighting something this I year. It
0: is, I think it is wrist-related. Let me pull it up as you continue. Let's okay,
1: hopefully my, hopefully my my end of the signal. Yeah, gonna, it is a risk. For, it is right. a risk. Okay, good. So, th- so that will kind of explain because when I'm looking at his plate discipline, uh, the numbers are right in line with his career. So, you know, typically when a guy's doing this poorly, then you're looking at, okay, what's happening. And, but all of his plate discipline numbers are right in line with where things have been in the past. It just, to me, it just. We, the amount of the the lack of hard contact is really concerning. You look at his hard contact rate, he's down to 18%. I mean, say what you want The last couple of years, but this has always been a guy that's been mid-20s or higher, and he's just not making hard contact. And if you're not making hard contact, you're not – I mean, nothing's going to happen here. I mean, we we've got uh, an 18% infield fly ball rate. Yeah, That's he not He's not getting any loft on the ball. Um, and no hard contact. So this is a, he's hitting like a number eight hitter. Cool. The weird thing is, the weird thing is he's been hitting two just about the entire season. Yeah, it's, it's as good as the Cubs have been, could you imagine if he were if he were hitting down the lineup? And they and they threw a Fowler, a Zobrist, a Bryant, and a Rizzo at you out of the gate
0: instead Honestly, of giving
1: you this automatic out like they've been giving everybody.
0: It's almost like they wanted to handicap themselves a little bit, make it tougher, make the degree of difficulty a little bit higher by leaving Hay- Hayward in this in this part of the lineup and, and seeing if they can continue to win. And obviously they're 24 and six, things are going exceedingly well for them. Actually going to be uh, 25 and six should things hold on. They have a five run lead right now. Um, so that that is definitely interesting that he's maintained that. Honestly, that all smacks of a bad wrist, though. Weak contact, infield yeah. flies. Those, you know, those are oftentimes pop-ups. Uh, just, just weak contact all around while everything else is in check. And the times that he does get on, he's, he's made some attempts to steal. He's four for five, as I mentioned. So I guess the question is, you know, how confident are you that the wrist can, I guess, get better? Is it going to be a situation where he needs the two weeks off? Uh, for the wrist just to you know Just take the time off because playing is not giving it any time to heal Do you think that that's something that hayward needs or would you be willing to buy even if even if we don't see something like that? A, a get right time for jason hayward
1: I'm willing to buy I me mean, if you look at the even the projections if you look at the, what the projections have for him for the rest of the year 274 357 430 i'm buying that and you can get him you could get him 70 75 cents on the dollar right now with his complete lack of production he's got four steals so he's tracking for his 20 plus steal season that he's had each of the past two seasons so that's tracking but
0: um nothing else the
1: power i mean the power is not gonna not gonna be there again where that that two that 2012 season of 27 home runs is continuing to look like an outlier
0: and it's certainly not coming this year but i I agree with you that it it's really just looking like a career peak um and you know maybe he gets back into the 20s at some point jason hayward does but it would obviously take a lot for this year. But I'd also buy because I do think that, again, there is a legitimate buy-low opportunity that you are getting a discount. There has been enough smoke over these years. Even though last year was really good. He's coming off of a really good year, 293, 13 homers, 23 stolen bases. There's just always this expectation that is on Hayward because of that 2012 when he hit 27 home runs that because he fails to uh, meet that, there, there's just a little bit of negativity toward him, so I think that that will help you get a discount. So I would, I'd go out there and buy as well. Now this next guy, I'm, I'm not certain because I'm watching him and it just looks so bad for Justin Upton right now. And I was really excited when my favorite team got him because he's been one of the most consistently strong producers that we've had in the game since he since he entered the league back in two thousand well two thousand seven. He came up for one hundred fifty two plate appearances, didn't really do anything. But then from 2008 on, he's been a plus player, very, ranging from just over plus, you know, kind of a little bit above average to exceed extremely good. He was great in 2011, uh, really good in 2014, and pretty darn good last year as well. 26 homers, 19 stolen bases with a passable 251 average for Justin Upton. Well, this year, it's been so bad. We're just seeing him flail, swing and miss, be late on pitches that he used to just obliterate, and it's hard not to start thinking about his brother because look what happened to him in, in his late 20s and kind of the downturn that he took before a little bit of a resurgence this year. Two homers, nine ribbies, one stolen base, 13 runs, 228 average for Justin Upton, 38% strikeout rate. Now, there haven't been any inklings of injury for Upton, right. so I think that you know maybe the league change uh, is is a situation that's getting him honestly it's hard to come up with a lot of excuses for him but do you just bet on the track record the fact that he's a 28 year old with a strong as hell track record and you want to buy cheap on him where do you stand with Justin Upton right now
1: another guy i you said it there with the, the league change you're looking at a guy who's been a national league player his entire career and then he jumps over to the American League because this is not a health thing. And a lot, one of the things in the past with Upton, it, he always used to start hot out of the gate. This yes. one of the things, the big Aprils. But it, you know, if this is a guy that you and I have always differed on, people always want us to disagree. This is one of the guys that we've disagreed on because you were really high on him coming into the year, I was not. And he, the joke was oh, it's just because his last name. And I'm like, well, no, because I'm I always feel like there's this price for Upton, and then there's what Upton delivers, and that a lot of that's front loaded and if, am i concerned that here's this front load and it, we're not getting it kind of but this is i mean when you talking about a career national league or having to come over to the american league you would think in this day and age with all the advanced scouting and, and the fact they have ipads in the in the uh Dug out now, and they can look and see heat maps and see what guys are throwing. Right. Uh, some teams have the virtual reality, so they can sit there and watch the pitcher and their goggles and see what's going on. You would think that this wouldn't be a case anymore, but it it clearly it is. is. There's is, a couple right? other guys. I'm, I'm trying to think of a couple other guys right now. I mean, um, that have switched leagues that are doing terribly out of the gate too.
0: It it, it ends up being a, an issue. Uh, a lot more than you would think in this technological age. I think you're right on that, and and that's what's interesting about it. But at the same time, I do think that we'll we'll, we'll see him get better. Um, the the fact of the matter is though that he has built himself. Justin Upton has built himself or dug himself such a hole that it's going to be tough to then return the value that that I thought he was able to earn uh, should be able to earn this year because it, like you said, I was high on him. I did think he's going to come into that lineup. Be part of that that potent lineup and just dominate, and it just hasn't happened. But I'd also buy because you look at kind of the uh, you know the batted ball profile, and it really marries with, with his career uh, right down to the except fact for that-
1: one area, the, the the out of zone contact is off. It's just falling off the cliff.
0: Oh, and that that goes to But when he goes does to expand the zone, he's
1: not. Yeah, when he when he when he has expanded, he's not making contact. I mean, his career rate, including this year, is fifty six percent. He's at forty four percent right now, and he's always been. You know, last year he was at fifty two percent, which was his previous career low. Uh, I'm sorry, no, he had a fifty point three, but forty four percent for him is, is well below. So as he expands, he's not doing himself any favors down there, and the thing is, you know, guys are getting ahead of him. 62% first strike, uh, first first pitch strike rate. His swinging, his swing strike rate's 15%, yeah. career high there too. I just honestly think it's an adjustment. This is another guy that we I think we talked about the last time we did record. Is they, you know, the worst thing guys can say is no, but this is the time when people press the panic button. And Justin Upton was a guy that was being drafted in the top five rounds. Oh, and I, if you could if you could trade him for a guy that's starting hot out of the gate, that um that was a that was a tenth round pick. Yeah, you, you do it. Somebody that's it,
0: like good but but not not a star and hasn't been a a superstar for several years the way justin upton has i think that you know you can you can make that move or at least make that offer and see where the person is at i think that folks are going to be open to trading justin upton right now and that's when you can actually buy low again because they're they're ready to move
1: it's about 15 percent of his plate appearances 131 he's been a 620 plus guy for five straight seasons you know and then the 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 mid 20s except for the one year the, the the runs all of it's been there in different pieces uh, yeah I, i'm i'm not running away from him
0: no i don't think, i don't think you should on justin upton i think you should entertain the the idea of of going ahead and purchasing on him but this next guy i am way more concerned about like i said i do have some concern about justin upton because he's flailing but that doesn't mean i won't buy i just am am bothered by what's happening here he needs to make an adjustment i get that but it's an adjustment i think he can make this next guy i'm not sure if it's the neck that's crept back up into prince fielder's uh situation and and turned him kind of back into a pumpkin but it's it's bad right now he is is back in a in a sharp downturn and it kind of looks like what it looked like before we we found out that he was hurt and ended up Uh, excuse me missing the bulk of the 2014 season in fact it's even worse than that right now he's at a 521 ops with just two homers 18 ribbies Eight runs scored, 192 average, um, only striking out 18%, which looks good, but it's way up from where he's been the last two years. Prince Fielder was at 14 and 13% the last, the last two seasons, and his walk rate is way down. It's in half of what it usually is for his career at just 6.6%. So we're talking about a 32-year-old who – you know The power was already—it was solid last year, but it wasn't great. It certainly wasn't frontline first baseman with, with 23 homers. But it's I thought there was a chance that he could get back into the 30s, not necessarily the 40s and 50s the way he was back in his mid-20s for Prince, but 30s I thought were attainable. And then this year, I'm just not seeing it now. <laughs> About, at .088 ISO is really bad news. Um, I'm moving away. I am not buying low on Prince Fielder. Are you?
1: No, I'm not either. Uh, This, this clearly is a health thing. Uh, And when you look at, if you go look at the, the soft, medium, hard splits, and you mentioned 2014, his 2016 splits in that regard line up perfectly with where things were in 2014 when they had to shut him down. Uh, I do, I do not think the Prince fielder is long for the season
0: no i I think that there 's at least a uh, um, lengthy dl st- d l stint coming up if not we, you know we learn of something where the neck has has become an issue again and he has to get surgery I would i hope that 's not the case, but i can 't look at this as anything but injury right now and that 's why i 'm staying away staying away from this next guy too because i just i 've never really been a huge fan. Um, I understood his value when he was playing, you know, 162 games or, or very close to logging 680 plus plate appearances regularly. And this Adam Jones that we're talking about here, and that would keep his home run totals in the upper 20s, low 30s, lots of RBIs and runs on a quality team. And again, with that volume of playing time and even for the bulk uh, of his run there, he was a double digit steals contributor until falling off the last couple of years. So I didn't even have that expectation of him coming into this year, but it, it it was kind of a, a modest year last year and we saw what happens when, when he gets hurt. Um when, when a guy like that gets hurt in an accumulator and Chris Liss and, and Jeff Erickson like to talk about this is, is that you know, that's that's the worry here. You know, that you're super healthy, you're the most reliable guy until you're not. Hunter Pence was another one that they often cite. And those two guys built their elite fantasy value on the fact that they played a lot. It's not that they're not good. It's that they upped themselves by three, four rounds because they were logging those 150 plus game totals every single season. And now at age 30, I don't know that you can necessarily expect that of Adam Jones, just one homer, nine ribbies, nine runs, 200 average walk rates actually up um, and strikeout rate is even. So the the plate skills are are a, a little bit better, but it's not really clicking right now. I don't know if he's hurt. I just don't have a great feeling about him. So I know there was an oblique that was bothering him yeah. earlier in the year, and maybe that's – you think that's still lingering for Adam Jones then?
1: I do I because when he when he played – the last time he played Tampa Bay, he did not look 100%. He looked uh, – there was a, a couple of pitches that he, he reached for running down the baseline. He didn't look – he didn't look right. I still think he's playing through this. Um, and, and that's where I have his issue with him we've always said about this guy the, the beautiful thing about him was it was always easy to predict his batting average because his triple slash line everything was there you oh, yeah. just pencil him in for 30 homers 280 average 320 on base percentage and everything's there but you know we laughed the other day Josh Fegley struck his butt out and struck him out badly uh, and you know he's chasing pitches up at his eyes and that's what Adam Jones does but I don't think he's 100% but doing, doing that kind of thing is not helping him uh, out and we We've talked about this. I wish I wish there were an easy way to go back and find our audio archives because we've said a guy that plays this much for this long can't continue, but he keeps getting drafted this way because when you've done it one, two, three, four, five in last year was you know 581 plate appearances was his lowest total since 2009 Mm -hmm. last year, and he still put up the 27. been bombs you know that it, so it's tough to run away from him but right now he does not look he doesn't look good
0: he doesn't and and that's why I'm not I'm not buying it on Adam Jones right now I'm all set y'all can have him maybe he does come back I like him as a player uh just uh, you know kind of in in real life baseball you know I think he's a cool dude good defender uh at least used to be a really good defender so I, I kind of hope he comes back but it won't be on any of my fantasy teams. So it's one of those things where, you know, I divorce myself from from the enjoyment of watching him play versus trying to get fantasy value out of it for Adam Jones. Plus, it's really kind of a, you know, a, a solid but not overwhelming power source at this point because there's not going to be any speed. He was 3 for 4 last year, uh s- 7 for 8 the year before. So what what are you really getting for stolen base wise? You're you're really if you're buying, you're hoping for what? A 270 the rest of the way with 20 homers. And that's okay, but but what you don't want to bend over backwards for that. And i 'm not sure that even the discounted price will be commensurate with what a twenty and two seventy guy is for Adam Right. Jones. right. all right let 's move on to our next guy, and that is Carlos Gomez. By the way, thankfully. Thankfully, uh, Lorenzo Cain did what he did tonight and and got off this list, or else two of our primary outfielders from labor would have been on this list because we do have Carlos Gomez, and we both felt comfortable taking him. We figure last year was pretty uh, explainable uh, via injuries, the hamstring injury specifically. Looks like he comes in spring training. Okay, he's healthy. We're good to go on that front. A healthy Carlos Gomez is a good Carlos Gomez, so let's get going. Uh, How about not? because so far it has not been good and i am actually almost certain that he's hurt again as well i think he's been dealing with some ribs at a certain point i don't know if he's had any other ailments throughout spring and in the early part of the season but it's looking even worse than last year again similar to um prince fielder when he had the, the down 2014 compared to this year everything went haywire for gomez last year it's even worse this year 210 average no homers yet five ribbies six runs three stolen bases but only three for five it's brutal strikeout rate through the roof and he was always you know he's already a guy he had an okay strikeout rate it was you know 22 25 percent one year but that was all right he kind of sells out for that power not a huge walk guy but you can deal with it based on everything that that carlos gomez does but a 33 percent strikeout rate five percent walk rate that's not going to really work for anybody because even a power source who can do that, like Chris Davis, who strikes out that much, he's also walking 10, 12, 14 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that with Gomez. I think he's still hurt. And again, at age 30, becomes less and less likely that you can bet on them getting fully healthy again. So... I'm going to keep, you know, we're going to keep the share that we have right now unless someone comes with a. a Do we have a, a choice? Yeah, I was going to say, unless someone comes with a strong offer, which is very unlikely. So uh, we'll keep that, but I'm not going out to seek more right now.
1: Yeah, it's when you look at three for five and stolen bases, uh, eight doubles, nothing really seems like it's come close to the fence. You know, then he shows some times where he's been putting it together like last week and, you know, had a a one for four, two for three, one for five. I'm sorry. No, two for four, two for three, one for five. Then he goes for an for 12, uh, you know, these kind of things. So we can't even put a good run together. When you look at him, you know, I joked earlier about Adam. Jones being struck out by Josh Fegley. If you watch Carlos Gomez, he's trying to break out of this slump with one In swing. One, yep. And you know, I, I tweeted, I was like, he's trying to hit everything three thousand feet or five thousand feet, and everybody's like, have you been watching him play this year? I'm like, okay, normally he tries to hit him three thousand feet, but I mean, there was a particular at bat. I forgot who was pitching, but he threw him three pitches, and each one he tried to swing harder than the previous pitch, and he nearly dislocated his ankles. I mean, he was just absolutely trying to crush the pitch. And I've watched Carlos Gomez play for years, and this is not – he's just trying to do – Trying to break out of it. I don't. I, you know, I don't think he's 100. percent I mean, last year we know it was the hip. I, I don't think he's 100, percent but I'm also uh, have a lot of buyers remorse for taking him in, in the fourth round. He was our backup plan to Lorenzo Cain, and until tonight, he played exactly like Lorenzo Cain. <laughs> right. um, but neither both of them had sucked. Uh, so that's kind of that's the disappointment. But you know, we were uh, we were not out on a limb when this Carlos Gomez support. A lot of people were out there with us oh, was it- uh, it was nice, on
0: him. It, it, there was it was. It was a little bit divided you were either in or out but there were plenty in and and i thought it was kind of an easy one i'm like oh i definitely got to buy back here we're getting a four or five round discount let's do this and it just hasn't worked out
1: all i'm saying is if you're thinking about buying them watch a game
0: oh yeah yeah, know, that'll, that'll was, watch yeah that'll a get game you off and, that as, I've watched, them play, right as I've
1: watched them play I, i'm not buying i'm not buying I, like i said regret that we own them right now but if you're thinking about it just go watch a game
0: So we're both out on Carlos Gomez. We're going to hold what we have. Unless you come, if you're listening, just bring us a really strong offer. Give us your first round pick. Don't be jerks. Just be nice, okay? Give us a free handout. We'll take it. Uh, <laughs> the next guy is Troy Tulewitzki, And sorry there's so many AL guys. I didn't I didn't necessarily try to balance between AL and NL because I was just going with the guys that really stood out. And it's kind of tilted to the to the AL here. We do have another NL guy coming up, but there's a lot of AL guys that are really stinking it up. So AL only leagues are probably really feeling the hurt here because – these were you know I'm even still looking over kind of the list that we made based on guys who were had low wrc plus low slugging and a lot of them just aren't in the American League, so that's just kind of the way it is. Yeah, our Tr-
1: comment, our comment the other day, folks, uh, was that basically just take the leaderboard and sort by reverse order, and look at all of the big names that are on that
0: yeah sort list. Reverse. And you
1: tell me that yeah, that's that's where you start right there. That's where your trade offers should be coming from. Just go to reverse order and sort because there were so many big names on that leaderboard.
0: It, it, it's unbelievable. These these single digit, these top five round guys that just flood this list. Like I said, Kane, would have, uh, Kane is still on there currently, but by the time you guys hear this in the, in the numbers update from tonight, he will obviously have moved off of it. But the top 30 was just littered with quality guys, and so many of them were in the American League, like I said, including Troy Tulowitzki, who was another one that I wasn't actively seeking him, but I got a couple of shares because I price him force in one league. It was 25 bucks. I was like, that's fine. 17-team mixed league obp i think he, i actually I actually thought he was going to be a lot better than he was getting credit for i thought a full year in toronto he's going to be fine it's going to be a, a actually a pretty decent year for troy Tulowitzki, and it really hasn't been and it's been kind of a weird year though so um like hayward he's got the 100 point split between average and on base which is Helpful. Even though it's 165 and 265, I like seeing that he's out there taking walks. At least show some semblance that you got an idea of what's going on. And also the fact that Tulowitzki has five homers means that obviously when he's making contact, there's some punch behind it. But a 28% strikeout rate, 165 average, as I mentioned, just 13 ribbies, nine runs scored. Don't worry about the steals because if you were banking on any of that, you're foolish. It, it, the the Excuse me, the past four years are two one, one, and one, so we don't really care about that, but I was hoping for power and a ton of runs atop that lineup. Well, the power's there, but the ton of runs are not one eighty nine BABIP, enough to entice you that maybe it's just been some bad luck here with Troy Tulowitzki? Are you buying
1: no i mean this is this is one of the two guys one of the two of the bigger names that i that i am uh, Proud of for for saying They're I thought off. was going to stink and running away. This and Sonny Gray were the two guys that I did not want anything any part of.
0: Uh, and back and, to the well, saying stay off Sonny Gray as well. I just I just didn't like him as a top twenty guy. Now I don't know if it's just three bad starts and he gets back on track because his four before that were good. But I I hear you on on Sonny Gray. That was a guy neither of us were really interested in.
1: So we're three hundred plate appearances into two. Witkiewicz's career as a Blue Jay: mm-hmm. 300 plate appearances in, he's hitting 201 .293, .330. Is that good? Nine homers, 34 runs, 27 runs driven in. Yeah, that, that would be good if he was an eighth-place hitter. Um, and, but he, this is the issue, and this I, I don't think this is all. Again, getting back to the Justin Upton thing, some of this is switching leagues, some of this is leaving Coors Field, but it's not like he left Coors Field for Old Safeco. You know, he right. went he went to another good run environment. He just ain't hitting with the power. And I don't know if maybe it's, it's the AstroTurf. I, I honestly don't know here. But, I mean, this is not a small sample size struggle. Going out of the gate, he looked like crap after the trade last year, too. 300 plate appearances in. Take away the name value. Look at the numbers. There's nothing there that makes me scream, bye.
0: Well, I think, man. I'm a little bit more torn on Tulowitz. I don't think I really want to go out and accumulate more shares. I'm going to hold the one I have, although, like you said, with the Carlos Gomez thing, it might just be because I have to. So I I shouldn't act like I'm Mm. taking some noble stand. Like, I'll just hold in the face of all these amazing offers. Obviously, no one's Mm -hmm. beating down my door to get Tulowitz. But I don't know. We don't see the the, the giant infield pop up, right, like we saw. Who was that with um, that we were just talking about that we saw? Was that Hayward? Yeah, it was Hayward because you were talking about the wrist. So we're not yes. seeing something like that. That means you know that he's getting the weak contact and, and actively contributing to his low BABIP. So I, I think there might be a little bit of it. And you guys know I'm very reluctant to use BABIP as a luckometer, but when you're looking at a 189, it's particularly bad. And his batted ball rates aren't really uh, out of whack completely. To uh give us an idea of why that's happening. It's not well, particularly with his soft contact rate, it's still at 15%, which it's been at for the last three years. It's actually gone from hard contact to medium. It's where the medium has really come up. So he's hitting it like okay. But if right. some of those start falling in for more hits, I could and plus that walk rate. I think I would I would ask. I would I would see what the cost is on Tulowitzki, because he is still a shortstop atop a very good lineup. I am a little bit more interested than you and Tulowitzki. I'm at least checking out the price. And if it's just silly, and I'm not saying like some waiver pick that you got the other day, like Yulis Chassin or something. Silly meaning, you know, some 15th rounder, I think would be would be kind of silly at this point, or, or obviously anything beyond that. Then I'm entertaining it and I would buy Troy Tulowitzki. So I have a threshold that might be a little bit um, lower than yours in terms of a barrier to entry for buying Tulowitzki.
1: Another Steve Pierce homer, yay!
0: Oh, that's two. He kill, he murders lefties. Both that's five. Of, of...
1: That's five for me tonight in AL. Tell Wars.
0: that's huge.
1: Look out, Rick and Glenn. I'm gonna that, jump you again.
0: As as we talked, the NL or the AL is is <laughs> suffering an uh, offensive outage. So getting five homers in the night is really nice. Um, but let's shift back to the NL. Our second NL guy here, Anthony Rendon is a guy that um, I really liked coming into 2015 because he had yep. that amazing 2014, and I understood that he was a health risk, but I said, you know what? The skills are there. I'll bet on the health, and if it comes up snake eyes, it comes up snake eyes. Well, guess freaking what? It came up snake eyes, and it came up snake eyes before the season even started. He hurt himself in spring training, which was unfortunate, making a defensive play. He only wound up playing half the season, and he was he was average. I mean, almost, almost literally average. He had a 97 WRC+. plus where 100 is league average uh, for those 80 games, just five homers, 25 ribbies, 43 runs. It was, it was pretty bland because obviously if you just double that up, that's 10, that's 10 and 50. That's not that good either. So even though the rates were about average, the production wasn't even average. However, there's an injury excuse. And I, I've always thought that any that Anthony Rendon doesn't perform, it's, it's injury-related because the it's guy hurt. is really good. And right. I'm wondering if that might be the case here. This year, although I look at the skills that he has put up around his ugly numbers, 211, 289, 297, triple slash with two homers, but three steals. And I did say that steals can be a health for him. If he's running, if they're letting him run, then I believe that he's healthy. So he's three for four. Um, on the bases, and I did like some Nats to run a little bit more this year with Davey Lopes and Dusty Baker uh, with with the crew. Still scored 22 runs despite a 289 OBP. I'm looking to buy here on Anthony Rendon. I see these numbers. They're really ugly, 238 BABIP. I don't see anything that jumps out. There is a spike in the infield fly, and so that's the one thing that we look at with the BABIP and say, okay, he's definitely contributing to it. But 238 is still a far cry from the 310 that he brought into the season for his career mark. And his hard-hit contact rate is even higher than last year and, and just a tick below the 2014 mark at 36%. Mm-hmm. I think there's a surge coming, and I am buying up Ren- Anthony Rendon shares. What about you?
1: I, I'm here because when you look at I'm going down the plate to- discipline when you look at he is being more aggressive at the plate this year so he's swinging more but he even though he's swinging more he's not chasing anymore in fact he used be where he's making his uh you know his zone his contact he's swinging up more pitches in the zone he's his contact within it is fine everything lines up and you know He's not the more aggressive. Is not leading him to strikeouts. His swinging strike rate is still extremely low. Everything's there. Yep. It's just a matter of the the type of contact that he's making. Um, so to me, if this you know this is not injury related for him yet. Um, but and then when you look at the batted ball profile, a career batting average on balls in play of three ten, and right now he's at two thirty eight. Um, just that alone i'm buying here
0: yeah i i think this is a, this is the buy opportunity like i said the one the one ugly mark that I will, i'll listen to is obviously the infield fly ball rate spiked up to 14 percent career yeah,
1: eight. It six it's a total of six and he had four all last year
0: exactly so that's another thing that you have to look at with those percentages sometimes um it's a high number and it stands out from his career but like you said it's six it's six infield fly balls so I am not that worried, and and the fact that he's running makes me feel comfortable that Anthony Rendon is playing healthy, and that speaks well. This team is again kind of like the Jason Hayward thing. Imagine if he was if he got going, what this team would be doing. They've already had a pretty good start to the season without Anthony Rendon. Once he gets going they could take off, especially if Zimmerman is, is pulling out of his slump tonight with the two-homer night against my tigs. Um That might wow, get him going. Although he did then, uh, they, they walked Harper in the ninth to face him, and he struck out. So the, you know you know everyone will be back on him, even though he hit two homers and, and, and started to get a feel for something tonight. But we'll see how Ryan Zimmerman goes. But I'm fully buying Anthony Rendon for sure. I think he should go out and try to do the same as well. All right, last guy is a guy who really, you know, got back on the scene last year after extremely tough 2014. It's Kendris Morales for the Kansas City Royals and he had that weird 2014. Was it him and Steven Drew who um Didn't take – what what happened? The the qualifying offer basically screwed.
1: Correct, and they had to wait. They had to wait forever.
0: So they didn't end up playing until June, basically, and then he was on two different teams, was Kendris Morales, and he just never really got going. I think he started hitting right out of the gate for like the first eight games, and that was about it. Nothing really clicked for him, and it was just a weird season. So, you know, I kind of gave him a pass. It's not like I was out investing in him in 2015, but I, I, I didn't just completely eliminate him because of the 2014 And then if if you did go out and invest, you were handsomely rewarded with his best year since the uh, 34-108 season that he had all the way back in 2009. He was a catalyst for the Royals, hit 290, 22 homers, 106 ribbies. The ribbies were really the big deal. He was driving in a guy every single night, it seemed like, for the first two months of the year. Well, this year, like the team at large, he's been struggling a good bit. He's hitting 198 with just three homers, 12 ribbies, seven runs scored. Um, The strikeouts are way up for him. 22% strikeout rate is not awful on its own, but you have to compare it to what the guy does because he was at a certain level of production with a certain strikeout rate. Now he's at 22% against a career 18%. That's a significant jump. And even his walk rate, which has never been special, was at 9% last year, 7% for his career, down to 5% this year. So both marks have gone in the wrong direction for Kendris Morales And and we're seeing some struggles with him, but I'm not sure there's anything else in the profile that is all that bad. In fact, there are some positive factors. If you go to the batted ball profile, uh, he's got a 41% hard hit rate, the best of his career. And so I do look at that 227 Babbitt, and I'm like, I bet he's stinging some balls right at guys. He's got a lot of Adam balls in there, I have to believe, or just hard grounders that are, uh, you know, going right to the fielders, being scooped up instead of skittering through the, the infield and going in for a single. I think there might be some some buying opportunity here with Kendris Morales that he could go on a string, even at a age 33, an elevated age, and DH only. That will only serve to lower the price, though. I think I would buy in in, in a decent amount of leagues.
1: The only thing I'm sighing because uh, uh, Lee just hit a bomb off of uh,
0: Drew J-Hopie? Smiley. Oh, man. That guy yeah. That guy's a beast.
1: He is on fire of late. Um, he just hit a bomb off of, of Smiley. Oh, that's, so that's um, th- the thing that concerns me about Morales is he – a lot of his numbers last year, you mean, like you said, he was driving a guy. It seems like he was driving a guy every time he was up. Um, and when you look at a guy for the last couple of years who's been a mid-20s home run hitter – uh, and, you know, the RBI last year obviously was a spike. I don't think anybody expected him to drive 106, uh, even 100 runs again uh, when you look at the pass. But the, the, most of that Royals team is not hitting well out of the gate. So that's that's part of the issue. And then anytime a guy's uh, success is driven heavily by by the numbers they're putting up with runners in scoring position, because we think back last year, you look at his splits when he was hitting with nobody on base, it was eh. And then when people are on base, it was like, oh my God. Well, if nobody's getting on base in front of him, and defenses are able to position themselves the way they want to versus the way they have to with guys on base, that's going to come into play. Uh, and if not, if that's not the case, when you a lot of guys got this tremendous you and betting average of, uh, with with guys on. Uh, and not then, then the ghost of Alan Craig starts coming back. It's like, okay, remember how Alan Craig went from yep. oh, "We must have the wrench" to "Please throw away that rusty tool piece of crap" because <laughs> he's not doing anything for me. Um, I don't think Morales is that guy because he's always, I mean, the power something he's always been able to put twenty. So you figure the twenty homers, and I'm I'm willing to buy. I just think that entire team is having a a World Series hangover. hangover?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair.
1: Once it gets hot, once it gets I mean, that talent, you look at the way that roster is raked the last couple of years, you can't tell me that all of that's going to fall apart at the same time.
0: No, I, I really I really agree with you there. You know, hopefully Kane kind of got himself jump-started tonight. Maybe we'll see if Morales can have a game like that. Or, you know, not, it doesn't even have to be a three-homer game. If you can just get a stretch going of like three, four multi-hit games in a row, which Kendris Morales is definitely capable of, I think that will jump-start him. Uh, obviously, Moose went to the bench, which is unfortunate uh with the with the disabled list stint uh eric hosmer has been hitting but he's like one of the he's the only guy that's really been hitting alex gordon's been passable i think he's tracking around a 105 100 uh wrc plus so he's been all right but then you've had a lot of guys who are just struggling on that team and i agree with you that probably is a bit of a world series hangover remember they made it twice in a row that's some long runs weather heats up let's see if they can get going let's see let's see if the weather just heats heats the offense up just like it will heat that park up in Kansas City so like I said I'm open to buying him it's a situation obviously where you are going to lock up your utility because that's the only place that he can play but that's only that's a bigger deal in a draft where you want that flexibility to, to right. get a late round pick in season I think it's a lot more manageable so if it, if it builds in a discount along with it then take advantage of that and go out and buy Kendra Smerales. All right, Jason, that's gonna be it for us. Uh, uh, those are our those are our buy low guys. Our eight guys that we are, you know, talking about right now, really in focus. I, I know they're driving people crazy. We're getting Twitter questions about several of these guys regularly and i understand why they're upset and why why they're why they're bothered Uh, i think on sunday we'll do a a buy low version for pitchers and and just talk about a handful of guys who are on the downturn there we probably will talk about sonny gray we tipped our hand that we're likely not going to be investing but we'll explain a little bit more as to why i thought mlb network did a good breakdown on him this morning kind of showing how he's getting under his pitches leading with the elbow Um, it was dang it who was it it was dempster ryan dempster and Mark DeRosa Mark De on MLB Central. They did a good breakdown of it and, and showed some at-bats against guys he, that he'd faced last year, Trout and Betts, and how, and how he faced them this year and just how flat everything was with his stuff. And if he doesn't start getting back on top of the ball, they, then this, these issues will continue. And, you know, maybe he just works through it. It is three starts compared to four good ones before that, but I had some reservations about him, as you did. H- he will be one of the guys we'll talk about, but plenty more, too, because like okay. these hitters... There's a lot of pitchers, a lot of early-round pitchers that have been garbage, Jason, and it's been yeah, we're not really talking frustrating.
1: About Chris Young. we're not talking about Chris Young. No, 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 no. He's no. just garbage. We're talking no, about it,
0: Price like, and Waino and, and – And
1: Pineda. Yep, and, and I'll Simmerino. even let you talk about
0: Suckholz even though he's not quite in that level. I just want to make fun hey, of
1: him. This, hey, this – I'm willing – remember, we're – Divorced. I understand. You was, guys, and the door yes.
0: finalized recently. So that was good for you to get away from that and finally kind of decided when
1: he decided that he shall overcome. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, that's it. Wipe my hands clean. And this is what happens. Uh, but no, there are there a lot of just like the hitters. Like I said, go to the board. Do and, a yeah, reverse search.
0: Reverse search on say, the RA. Sh-
1: Yes, and just say, okay, these are the guys that I want to go through. Now, it's not as blatantly. I mean, there's a lot of bad pitching out of the gate, not like hitting. I mean, there truly has been some hitting. Uh, but You know, you watch. We were talking about Matt Moore um, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he tr- he's truly looked bad in his last couple of starts. The first four were like uh, one the first bad three hitting, were like, one wow. Bad pitch. So no, the, yeah, the first four. The yeah. first four is like, wow. Then the last three are like, oh, my God, stop this already. And it was really bad on Monday night against um, – Against uh, Seattle uh, but there'ss so I heard you guys talking about Keiko on the on the last one, um and Eno wrote his piece uh, and that kind of thing and i I'm on the same page with you as Chen, so you know we'll talk more on Sunday about it, yeah, if you want uh, a preview, but yeah there's a lot of good there's a lot of good pictures to go grab
0: if you want a preview uh, again reverse sort by e r a and there's going to be a lot of those guys that we're going to be talk about if there's somebody specific that you want, go ahead and tweet us at spore at Jason Colette, let us know um again, if they're on that top thirty of of reverse ERA, you don't have to probably include them because I'll pick the best ones from there. If it's somebody a little bit off the beaten path, maybe his ERA isn't five, but he is struggling in other ways and you want us to talk about him and he's a quality pitcher that you paid a lot for, go ahead and tweet us. We'll see if we can get him on the list. You can always email us at sleeperpod at gmail.com. No email for this one in particular, but we'll get a couple emails going pitcher related for the Sunday episode as well. So Jason, I'll let you get back to it there in Tennessee. I know that you're you're doing one overnight travel. I'm sure you got business to attend to tomorrow. I'm actually going to go nerd out, play some video games, relax for the rest of the night, and you and I will talk on Sunday.
1: Yep, sounds good. Bye, ma'am. Talk to you then.